feel like Frankie Muniz stole. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, Katrina, your nose. Tales as his play or movie. So this wasn't even his movie. No, he stole it from Veggie Tales. Wow, what a little liar. Yeah. Damn. Heard it here first. What might say a big fat liar? Yeah. What'd you do? Oh, God, what didn't happen this week? Um, so we all went to Michigan recently. Mm-hmm. You know that. Unfortunately. You were there. And on my way back, I was in an airplane. Um, and this has never happened to me before. But about an hour in, um, the captain, well, actually, the guy next to me was like, we've been circling for a while. And I was like, what? And he and, like, stop talking to me. Right. Please, <laughs> please don't. First of all, I am in the zone. Um, and the captain comes on and is like, um, so there's a fire in the cockpit. Um, it could be nothing, but we are also just going to land in Nebraska. And okay, I guess that's what's happening now. And so they're just circling. We'll be on the ground in about 30 minutes. Kid you not, five minutes later, we are on the ground. They just like, like, so something is happening. And I'm trying to like remain calm, but also I'm like, I knew, I I had a bad feeling about this and it's me. So bad things tend to happen. Um, And so we're now landed and the flight attendants, they are talking and they're like, you grab your bags and get off the plane. And so people are standing up and like acting like they have all the time in the world and this is just like a layover. And they have to get on four times to be like, you're not leaving fast enough. Like, the plane is on fire. Jesus. Um, And so people are starting to get, like, a little more panicky. And we get off, and there are five firefighters waiting to greet us as we get off. Um, We are stuck at this airport for six hours. There is no hot food because it's a brand new airport uh, that's under construction. And I did make some new friends, though, uh, because the only thing that I could do was drink uh, at this little airport. My God. So they had alcohol, just no food. Right. Because they were getting this bar up and Priorities. ready. <laughs> Love that. I mean, that's where I prioritize too. But um, so, but they gave us $20 voucher, but you couldn't use it on alcohol and you couldn't use it on the flight. But there was only like Cheez-Its at this airport stop. So everyone had like bags of like junk food in their hands and they're waiting in line for like 40 minutes to like check out. And th- this line had never died down the whole six hours we were stranded there. Oh my God. That's awful. Well, and you texted us while you were in the air. Yeah, there's a fire on the plane. And right. I was like, keep us posted. <laughs> Good luck. It's, it's, Let us know if we need to fill your place on the pod. <laughs> or I, I mean, guess the lack of response. I guess we'll just check the news headline. <laughs> Again, priorities. So um, this is a very Katrina thing to happen. Uh, so I told my friend from Michigan about it. And she texted me the other day. And I started laughing. And I didn't tell you what this was. But my friend Amanda... Uh, said that, so while you were trapped in Nebraska, Jackie, a friend of hers, and I created a Hallmark, Hallmark movie premise about you. Sassy L.A. professional gets stranded in Nebraska where she meets a dashing yet small town bison farmer. Worlds <laughs> fall apart, they fall in love, and she's forced to make a choice to go back to L.A. or stay for love. I present you Love in Cornhusker Country. Oh, <laughs> Working title, of course. <laughs> there was a poster for Love or Bisons. 
I'm telling you right now. For the love of my I am going back to LA. Oh my God. But there is a spirit plane on fire in the back. Please insert that. <laughs> That is amazing. That's a is that you? Incredible. Uh, that that is me. That's a picture. Your friend made that. Yeah, my friend made this. <laughs> Starring Dean. Keep that friend close. <laughs> There's bison. In Who's the, the guy? Just a random uh, guy. That random guy. They probably looked up like cute farmer, and like this is what it was. All no, right, farmersonly.com. So Gentlemen, if that is you. You know, let us know. Post that on the Instagram. That's amazing. <laughs> and she made a DVD version of it as oh well. Oh <laughs> my God. Coming soon to theaters near you. <laughs> Except not because it's a Coming Hallmark movie. to Lifetime or Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's. Well, that we're glad that you made it. You're live. Back and well. Um, yeah, I will say that our Michigan trip was something. For one thing, it was we've trip. been friends for years and we have never seen each other's like hometowns or like houses that we grew up in, parents. So it was a weird thing to have all of our lives kind of collide, like our LA life versus Michigan upbringing. Um, yeah, we, I stayed with you and your parents. We went to the Taylor Swift concert. Do you want to talk about that? We saw Taylor Swift row six at Ford Field in Detroit. It was everything you could imagine it would be. I cried for at least five songs straight. I don't remember which ones they were, but oh man. And also we barely made it. Like we almost didn't. We like, walked in as it's like counting. It's like five, <laughs> four to midnight. And we we're like, and then we got to our seats right on time. We we're like, yes. <laughs> you planned perfectly is what we you're did. saying. You're like, well, we don't do openers. <laughs> the issue is that, so your friend Jason, this is not the issue. But, Shout out Jason. We love you. Oh my gosh. He had this bar like a couple blocks down from Ford Field. We saw her in Detroit and um, he got us the hookup with his bar that like wasn't open yet. Like the mm -hmm. underneath area. And the dungeon underneath. The dungeon. No, it was like so Suits beautiful. You. It felt like we were in the Gatsby. Yeah. The great Gatsby. Um, so he. <laughs> not the, not the not Gatsby. cool Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> the great one. The lesser known Gatsby. We don't talk about him. <laughs> but he got us wasted yeah. with drinks that were the size of this iPad. Um, so we were stumbling our way to Fort Field. So also, we were like, Jason, how do we get there? He's like, okay, you're going to walk. We're like, wait, Straight. slow down. We're going to what? So it's actually a miracle you made it at all. Absolutely. Especially yeah. because especially because we got to Ford Field and, you know, we got in, we had our tickets, we got our, like, one wristband, and then we went all the way around the stadium, to got to the floor, to our seats, and they're like, oh, yeah, we can't let you out onto the floor without the floor wristband. And we were like, well, where do we get that? And they're like, go ahead, walk 10,000 steps back that way. You just came and do it and all over again. We're so drunk that we didn't, we could not comprehend. We're like, what? I was like, I was like, sir, do you see the ticket? It says floor. And he's like, you need a wristband. I'm like, I'm looking at a wristband. What do you mean? It was a woman, but yeah. Okay, well, I don't remember. Molly was very drunk at this point. I was not that drunk. I was. Goddamn. Yeah, because after the show. The tears throughout the concert. We did karaoke after the show to beat the crowd, and you for like three separate occasions, you were like, can I hug you? <laughs> Just going full on Chessy from Parent Trap. Can and Molly's like, I guess if you have to. I'm like, please, not again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, can we a side hug this time? <laughs> yeah, but that was wonderful. And then we spent a day at your parents. Well, we saw your house and then mm -hmm. your parents' lake house. We were supposed to have like a fun lake day. Supposed to. As Michiganders do. We were going to like summer. jet ski and mm -hmm. boat. Pontoon. And it 
rained. Didn't stop raining the whole time. Not for one time. So we did still have fun. We drank. We played games. But we had pretty much anything we could have done in L.A. We did in Michigan. We just (laughs) traveled 2,000 miles away to do it. Speaking of which, we did make a little um, office format um, documentary. Did you make it? (laughs) Um, it's in the works. Mockumentary. Mockumentary. So um, that will be on our Patreon once that is up and running. With like talking heads and everything. Confessionals. Just a little exclusive Drama behind the scenes. Yeah, Uh it was great. It's great. It's something. (laughs) It is something to see. Um, Yeah. And then I... I gotta say, my Michigan accent literally came back after three days and I've been like self-correcting it because I heard myself being like oh yeah like my ex I was like oh God, get it out of my mouth yeah <laughs> that's why we don't go back <laughs> among other reasons <laughs> yeah so um that was our Michigan trip what else happened I started mm-hmm. doing stand-up since we last left you oh yeah yeah, yeah. she's been killing it too by the way tell Thank about you tell them about your uh, most recent show my most recent show I just did the comedy store thanks for coming by the way <laughs> we were still in Michigan <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It went great. It was really fun. <laughs> You've done Flappers, it's the Comedy Store. The Federal. The Federal. But you know what? I had a really, really good show for my second show ever at the Federal. And it's kind of like, you know how like they say your first cocaine high you can never recreate? That's uh, kind of what I've been chasing. They do say that. Oh, Every show after that has been like, not quite as good. Damn. Not as good as that first bump. Compared to you the know? Flappers one? No, the Federal. Oh, her, oh, oh. Yeah, her breakout role. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. But um, no, it was good. It was great. Um, I had a cigar with Jason afterwards. That was kind of the highlight, to be honest. (laughs) Different Jason. A lot of Jason. A lot of Jason. Rattling around. (laughs) Speaking of which, there's a Jason in our movie that we're talking about today. Um, But before we get to that, we just have to talk about... um, Well, first of all, my hair looks like trash today because I was just doing some self-tapes. One of which... Oh, no. It's for an action-adventure type movie. Yeah, we both auditioned for this one different roles you know maybe we can finally book something together but um <laughs> well I gotta say uh, same casting director pretty much the same film I was pinned for that one so I was very close but actually no I can't say never mind well I just have to say it's always a weird situation when you get a scene that you have to do for a self-tape and it is purely action and I'm telling you I had to be swimming and trying to like rescue someone in the ocean just me for a tape so, um, so well, I was flying the plane that was trying to rescue you and kill someone at the same time. Oh, we probably can't say this, but <laughs> well, there's a point to this. Uh, yeah. So I am Ra- Rachel's roommate, as you probably hopefully know. Um, and so I was just doing my thing. Uh, I was probably in a meeting. I was uh, taking a break. Um, and I thought Rachel was done because I heard water noises and I thought she was taking a shower. I was wetting my hair because I had to be underwater, of course. So I start making noise a little more than I, I try to when she's recording. And I'm doing some something stupid that I'm not even going to get into uh, in the kitchen. And all I hear is, oh my God, no. Uh, And I'm just like, oh my God, Rachel. And I start running and I'm like, oh, acting. (laughs) I come out of my room afterwards. She goes, I have to tell you, you're a really good actor because I thought that was real. And she started, I think you were choking or something or like, I, and I, I literally was about to knock your door down. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't do that and ruin that take. But that would have been hilarious. That would have been hilarious. 
quickly, how many outtakes do you think there are in the world for people self-taping and then having people bust into the room to protect? So many. Yeah. That'd be a funny compilation. Well, there are a lot of bad actors in the world, so maybe not that many. <laughs> That's true, but I always worry about like, like yeah, cause this was also like a yelling scene. So mm -hmm. I always worry about like my neighbors, neighbors. calling the cops or something. Could be worse than your upstairs. Love you're my house. They will definitely call the cops. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True, true, true. Um, yeah, okay, so anyway, speaking of all the Jasons in the world, um, the movie that we're talking about today also yes, has a Jason. It does. Can you guess and what it is? Another another full circle little moment that takes place in Michigan, a place called Greenberry, Michigan, right. which doesn't exist. Exactly. Um, we don't think. Yeah, right? fact check that. Yeah, yeah I'm so, repping my Michigan swag today. Yeah, so look at us just looping in our, you know, real life experiences to the one, the only, Biffle. <laughs> Big fat liar. <laughs> Biffle, as it's commonly known as. <laughs> Biffle. And I just have to say, this has got to be, and I feel like maybe I say this every single one. <laughs> you do. <laughs> but this is, this for sure. This what I mean. This one has got to be one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably at least in my top 50. <laughs> I was going to say at least top 10, if not yeah, higher. Really? Yep. Okay. I love it so much. It's a very good movie. I don't know. I don't know if I'd put it top 10, but it is one of those that I can watch it over and over again and find new things and laugh all the time and just have it on. And it's still funny. And I'm always amazed by how good the acting is, but yeah. especially by Paul Giamatti. Like, oh, so good. Yeah. Legendary. Mm -hmm. Legendary. And um, like I said, while we were watching it, perfect script. It's just perfect. They, she, they she tie things back in. 17 times. I was like <laughs> laughing on the couch. I was like, it's just perfect. This is just a perfect script. It's a perfect script. <laughs> it is. I think so. And like my first note actually is hour and 27 minutes. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Oh, perfect movie time. Perfect. If we could get back to that. Yes. Studios, producers, yeah. everyone. We could get back to that. Yeah. I'm not about Let's, these three and a half hour movies. No, no. Only three and a half hour performance I will watch is Taylor Swift. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. So that was like right away. I'm like, wow, we, we didn't even hit play yet. And I already have a note and it's positive. Mm -hmm. By the way, Smash Mouth owned this era. We come out the gate so strong yeah. with the Smash Mouth song. And the Smash Mouth wannabe yeah. song. Come on, come on. Yeah. What, I think that's what it's called. Come on, come on. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, but that wasn't Smash Mouth, was it? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. James, do you have any um, insight about the, the beginning of this movie? What's your opinion on this movie? All right, let's get down to it. Paul Giamatti looks both old and young at the same time. <laughs> that is true. This is a movie with a man who has no neck. Yeah, I did point this out. And him and I watched it the night after. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and I was looking at him in the limo right after they hit Frankie Muniz. Which, by the way, he hit them. Okay. True. 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 So he rode the but bike straight into the side of. Paul Giamatti's head. face goes like this. It's crazy. His cheeks go right into his neck. Like it's a triangle. No, like a, like a thumb. Mm. <laughs> like a thumb. 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 Like Classic a thumb earthworm. Thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Also, while we're speaking about that little scene. While they're in the limo, um, I just love his dead fish little handshake that he does. Oh, and yeah. if you notice, throughout this whole movie, he has clear nail polish on his nails. Paul? Paul Giamatti. Really? Mm -hmm. And you I'm sure that was... Well, I'm sure that was like an actor's choice, being like, this guy feels like he's trying to be like polished all the time or something. Well, and there's a scene of him getting a manicure in the office. Remember? Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. That's so, right. So, Platt Queen is going to strike again. Okay. Uh, for those of us who do not know what Biffle is about, yes, shame on you. Um, but it is about a 14-year-old pathological liar, because mm -hmm. uh, he just lies about 
literally everything at the beginning of this movie. Same. Uh, <laughs> um, and he is going to go to summer school if he doesn't turn in this paper that he came. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> he's going to be Anyway, and we're back. <laughs> well, I don't need to go into that because it's not really important. But he ends up running into Paul Giamatti's limo or vice versa, um, drops his paper, doesn't get it turned in, has to go to summer school. And then eventually Paul Giamatti, who is a Hollywood producer, produces the fastest movie <laughs> I have ever seen. And we can get into that. But um, so Frankie Muniz realizes that his idea for this movie was stolen. He ropes in his best friend, Amanda Bynes. They go to Hollywood and they convince they try and convince Paul Giamatti to tell his dad. That's the only thing he wants is to tell his dad uh, that he's actually telling the truth this one time in his life. And well, because the whole beginning of the movie, he's lying left and right, mm -hmm. like you said. And because of that, nobody believes anything that he says, which is why which is smart. he has to go to summer school because right. no one believes that he actually wrote this paper, which um, if you notice, Marty Wolf, Jason Shepard, boy, mm. who boy who cried wolf. Liar, liar, doesn't believe that he's getting attacked by wolves. Mm -hmm. That's what this whole movie is. But mm -hmm. it's like Hollywood version. Did you have a question, Jamie? Yeah, I do have a question. How many lies did he tell? Because I only saw that one about the paper not being No, written. no, no. Well, he had so a big whole elaborate scheme with like a fake phone call. And, like, yeah, I saw that happen. Fake phone call. At the very beginning, he go, um, the mom is yelling like, did you eat your oatmeal? Yeah, mom, it was great. Gives it to the dog. I've been up for hours. He just woke up. He lied about like oh, everything. He had like five solid lies mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the movie. And then it goes into that. Got it. So I yeah. start my day with five solid lies. about <laughs> you guys? I start mine Are with four one. Four of them in the mirror. You've got this. <laughs> <laughs> you look great. No, you really look great. You're gonna make today I'm your bitch. Confident. <laughs> <laughs> no one's mad at me. <laughs> Happy. <laughs> this kid is a little psychopath, though. Like he just lies without and any thought. Manipulative. Oh, so manipulative. Yeah, when he pulled that moment. This is kind of jumping ahead really quick, but. He pulled that thing on Amanda Bynes to to get her to like stay in LA, and he's like, "It's like, it's like I wasn't his kid anymore." I'm like, "You're just a little manipulative bitch." Yeah, yeah. He I still he, love him. <laughs> little for sure. He looks about four feet tall. In this yeah. He so we so were watching. There are people who think little of him. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching it, and he and James was like, "How tall is Amanda Bynes?" That's yeah. what I was saying. Amazonian. There was like a foot difference. Yeah. yeah. Between, yeah. but that's one difference, and then the other difference is the secretary at Marty Wolf Pictures. Oh, yeah. Insane. That's yeah. Like another full foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was Amanda taller than her? Amanda Way was a taller. Foot taller. Yeah. Yep, the wow. Marty Wolf picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what I like, he's ri they're writing this paper and he has to write it by hand. And one of the thing that is so dumb of me to even comment on, but I just saw it and that's who I am as a person and now I have to comment on it. He writes untitled in pen and then crosses it. Like, you know you're gonna have to cross that out. Like, why right. would you write that in I pen? know, it was for effect. <laughs> I know, and I said it was dumb, but I had to say it. And I was thinking, oh damn, he has to write a 1,000 word mm -hmm. essay. And he has to count a thousand words then. Yeah. If he doesn't have word count, right. you know, if he's writing it by hand, damn, now that's a punishment, you know? Um, but yeah, back to what you were saying about the fastest movie to ever be produced because it, that's the scene. And then next scene is like them going to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. I think they say some comment about like, well, he's in summer school now. Right. So you know that like a little bit of time has passed, like, maybe a couple, couple months. Maybe, yeah. yeah, at most a month, some weeks, but yeah. not enough to get a trip, so, to get it greenlit, to get it, 
uh, a trailer Cast. concepted and then to get something shot, edited, and distributed to movie theaters for a trailer. Not to mention financing. That's like oh, yeah. the longest. Yeah, it's so <laughs> crazy. I was like, wow, huh? Now that's some movie magic. And they had a teaser trailer a year before the movie was even coming out. So they were investing so much money before they ever would have. <laughs> right, right, exactly. They, they were still in the process of shooting the movie, yet they yeah. had a trailer for it. Yeah. Also, another weird thing that's kind of a loophole is that like Paul Giamatti's character, Marty Wolf, who's supposed to be a producer, is more, his role throughout the movie is more like a director. Like it doesn't matter if you're on set, as a producer, I mean, it does, but not really. At that point, all your work is pretty much done. Yeah, especially a producer at his level. Like, right. he's not a line producer. He is an executive producer on this. Um, and, okay, he's an hour late to set. Nobody cares. Right, like, <laughs> right. They can start shooting. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. But he, when he introduced himself to Frankie Minos at the beginning, he's like, Marty Wolf, big Hollywood producer. Like, yeah. This 12 year old, 14, is not gonna care that you're a Hollywood producer. No one's right. gonna know your face. Like, pe right. people barely know directors nowadays. It's right. Exactly. I know. that. That's kind of a funny little thing throughout the whole movie. It's like, well, producers don't really do that. But he just okay. loves himself so much. Yeah. 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 But, but did he also completely can the movie he was already working on at that moment with the chicken and Urkel? Oh, no. It was just, it was almost done. Oh, oh was it? Yeah, because they went to the premiere at it. Oh, yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They later went to the premiere for that. Oof. So, yeah. quick turnaround with these movies <laughs> here. Like you know what? He's worth hiring for that kind of speech. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's the only reason people hire him. This movie also features a young Taryn Killam with frosted tips, which I loved. Is that the bully? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I love him and the grandma so much. So good. And I love that moment where um, Amanda Bynes' is, Kaylee is yeah. tutoring him and... Um, He's like, I bet you wish you had your skateboard, Shepard. And he's like, let me see. Fully developed brain, skateboard. I think I'll take the brain. And then the guy's like, but I have your skateboard. <laughs> Classic. It's back to that like stupid the comedy. The stupid comedy, but also contrast that with the incredible score that this movie had. Like you thought you were watching Jurassic Park or something with the scoring yes, on it. Yeah. I was like, Hans Zimmer, is that you? Yeah. Was it? Do you know? Oh, I don't no, think so. Wasn't. I don't think oh. so. I was joking. Definitely but. not. There was even a point during uh, I wrote, during a phone call. I don't remember which. Oh, during the fake phone call at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It sounded similar to the National Treasure score. I was oh, like, this yeah. is good scoring. Yes, I know. It really makes you feel things. You a little know? But. Yeah, I know. Throughout the whole thing, it's pretty epic. Yeah. So one of my favorite pieces of like moving the plot along of this movie is that the parents are like, you really lost my trust and we just don't have really any faith in you. You have to like earn it back. Peace. We're leaving you for a long weekend. I hope you don't do anything bad. And like just leave this child alone who you don't trust and who is 14. And yes, his sister is supposed to be like babysitting him. But she's also what, like 17? Right. And they're just like, OK, bye. And then are shocked when he does something that's in his character. Uh, so like, right. it's just kind of like that's on you, parents. Yeah. What have you been doing? Also, I love how they were like so mad at him for lying and all that stuff at the summer school. But they had no concern about him riding alone in a limo with a stranger man <laughs> there was no comment on that they were like and you lied about it <laughs> like he could have yeah. gotten kidnapped but <laughs> right but like you didn't write your paper <laughs> also yeah. got in a limo with a strange man <laughs> priorities you know i don't Did know they believe that at all you think which part 
that he even got in that limo? Probably not. Probably didn't even believe it happened. Maybe. Um, maybe. maybe not but until they get the there bike? at the end. The bike's broken. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, good point. Unexplainable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay, so jump two. They have, like, gotten on the plane, and they get to L.A., and I just really love that whole, like, welcome to Los Angeles montage. I think it's so, like, early 2000s goodness. Oh, and the music they had over that airport scene with, like, the wicked, wicked. Oh, like, it was yeah. so yeah. 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Donald Faison, is that how you say his last name? He's the limo driver who's in Scrubs. Don't look at me. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I, I think know. that's how you pronounce his name. And He's I'm great. Sorry if I... God, he's he's great too. He's so charming. Yeah. Um, so they this is a funny um thing also throughout this movie. So they get to Universal, okay? And it's just like they walk on to like the theme park, then they go onto the tram ride, which is for everyone. Anyone can go onto the tram ride that takes them through the lot. Now, on that tram ride, when you take it. You don't go around any hot sets, meaning you don't go around anything that's actually filming. So you can see the props and, you know, the different sets, but you don't see anything filming yet. They just hop off the tram. Easy peasy. They pull a Spielberg. Yes. Sneak on. Yes. And they look like they are filming at least 50 movies at once. Everything. <laughs> because they have astronauts. They have elephants. They have dancers. They have a giraffe. Roman warriors. Gorilla suits. Yeah. Yeah. It, really bizarre things left and right. Kung fu fighters. There's literally every genre is and movie is and ever they're filmed. All practicing. Yeah. <laughs> As if, like, they're all active all at once. It's so weird and hilarious. And, it, like, it did, you know... I don't know. As a kid, I'm like, wow, that must be amazing. <laughs> and you go on the tram ride now, and you're like, this is such a disappointment after seeing that. Scene. I still love the tram ride, to I be do honest. I too, but, but like, it's not how they describe it at all. Yeah. Speaking of which, this is also jumping ahead, but it has to do with the Universal lot. Um, that <laughs> moment at the end where there's that chase between Frankie Muniz and well, Jason Shepard and Marty Wolf, um, throughout all the different areas of the lot and their showdown during like at the wild, wild west of Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. The fact that that moment where they're like looking at each other and then the the stuffed animal monkey chase starts, mm -hmm. that is the same set as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Hells yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious to me. So Quentin Tarantino's walking down that set being like, I think the Biffle set is where I want to film this <laughs> yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. And Lady Gaga also did that with her Judas music video yeah. with all the water. She was like, you know that scene in Big Fat Liar? I really <laughs> want to experience that. That. That's what I want. <laughs> I hope that was the inspiration for Quentin, though. Like, I hope he's, like, watching this one day and was just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to experience. That. I also loved how there was all this commotion and like fifty movies shooting at once, but not a single person in the wardrobe set costume. No room crew once. No crew. No only there. talent no. <laughs> for as long as the eyes can see. No, but the prop house that they stay in for three days. I think yeah. that's Molly. Yeah. Was talking. Oh, yeah. There yeah. is not one soul yeah. that had entered that. And that prop house was. I would live there too. It was amazing. Sure. There was everything a producer could ever want to be in there. Yeah. I'm yeah. so jealous of them the whole time. Yeah, that that is actually one of my favorite montages of any early 2000s movie is the, you know, that that scene mm -hmm. where they're going through the wardrobe 
Yeah. There department. simply was not a movie during this time without a wardrobe montage. No. It simply no, there just wasn't. It was a requirement. Exist. Yeah. It was in Check. the contract. <laughs> you got it? Got it. Yeah, that was a fun scene. So Paul Giamatti <laughs> is literally an asshole to everyone, and that is kind of a core theme in this movie. Marty Wolf. I'm sure Paul Giamatti is a lovely human. Sorry, I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> Marty Wolf is an asshole in this whole movie. Um and I just love that it takes place in, I mean, it was filmed and released in 2002. And at one point, he's being mean to literally everyone he encounters. And at some point, he's talking to this PR lady who I won't even repeat the things he says to her. But it's like, okay, just get all of that PR stuff. I'll get that internet crap. And I was just like, oh, the internet crap. Because the <laughs> they were on Palm Pilots in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Which is, was amazing to watch. Also, um, another moment of stranger danger. I don't know why I'm in my mothering uh, energy right now, but when he g first walks into the office and like he sneaks in and Amanda's like at the desk or whatever, and the assistant, they, they both look over and they see Jason and, she, and he goes, give me a few minutes alone with Mr. Shepard. And I'm like, is that allowed? Right, <laughs> I know. Like, I, I feel like a professional, a, girl, a grown adult man would not do that. <laughs> right, yeah, that is a weird thing. Shout out to that actress though, who plays Monty. I think yeah. she's hilarious throughout this whole thing, like where she's just like eating. overhearing. Yeah, she's <laughs> eating and overhearing the whole time it is so good. The classic little Bob flip out cut. Oh, iconic, yes, 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 yes. And now it's time for an ad break. Quick little ad break here. Um, today's episode is sponsored by Bottom Shelf Caps, which is what we're wearing here. Um, I have an, well, we both have an Alan Jackson styled hat here because big fan of Alan Jackson. And Katrina has one that says, take it easy. And we love that. We love the hats. They're so cute. And um, yeah, check out Bottom Shelf Caps. Um, this episode is also brought to you by Mastermind Media. Now, they are quite the mastermind group here. Um, they are your partner to the digital world, social media management, podcast branding, and so much more. We love them so much. So check out Mastermind Media, everything they do. And now, back to the episode. Did you guys notice that Astrid, the, the dog girl, her last name was Barker? Barker. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that's your like breakout role, like you went to Juilliard. I th I've said this before on the podcast. That's like your sad card moment. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I would take it. The cast is aligned. I think that'd be. A <laughs> I'm going. It's on a dog. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> Your car is parked on a dog. <laughs> Your car is parked on a dog. No. So one thing I did think was really interesting about this whole movie is that he, like he's in trouble for lying. This whole chaos ensues because he lied. Um, but lying is ultimately his superpower. He only gets ahead in life and in this movie because he lies and he's so quick on his feet and he can manipulate people and he can just literally lie his way into any situation. And that's what he does every step of the way is he lies to get everything he wants to convince the bad guy that lying is wrong. Improv star, am I right? Damn, you always have the best notes. <laughs> Again, I'm like, her last name was Barker and she, she drops his ball. I'm like, wow. I really loved a man of mine sweater. That was my next note, hot pink sweater with fuzzy sleeves. It's so Lorelai Gilmore. I give up. And the light thing. I'm no use on this podcast. <laughs> so while I think the movie is supposed to teach Range. you that lying is wrong, ultimately it's the only reason he gets ahead in life. Damn. Wow. Making up a narcissist. Don't you yeah. think that's the case with everyone in this movie? <clears throat> Paul Giamatti's uh, lying too. No, everyone it's lying. yeah. So it's showing. So I think what's happening is Marty Wolf is 
A worse liar. He's him in the future if he doesn't change his ways. Mm. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I don't want to be like that guy. Right. Yeah, a successful producer with everything he wants in life. Yeah, who would want that? <laughs> who would want that? But in the end, it all ultimately bites him in the ass, and nobody likes him, and they all, spoiler alert, turn on him. And so it's showing that you do get ahead, but then you ultimately don't. Yeah, yeah, the world comes crashing down right. on you. Which, yeah, again, jumping ahead to that ending scene, phase four of their plan of attack, when um, Jason Shepard and Kaylee, they get everyone on board that <laughs> hates him, <laughs> has ever wronged, and then everyone just commits to the bit, like you said, the whole time. Like, wow, revenge is really lovely. Sorry. I can tell that you're lost. Um, the whole thing at the end where he's trying to get to set and he's already late. And then it's like um, the limo driver pretends that the, the limo is all fucked up. And then, you know, the Jaleel White. Oh, yes. him up. With the and helicopter then, And then the helicopter, helicopter guy. Yeah, everyone's in on it. And then the director that he had shut down who and he was like filming the whole thing. Like everyone just really committed. And I Everyone that. he interacted with in this movie turned on him at the end. Yeah. Like, literally mm -hmm. every single person. And we love that. Oh, that we is do. so satisfying. And I also wrote that at the end, during their, like, ugh, it's not a heist, but during their shenanigans at the end, um, it's very Cody Banks. They have, mm. like, a computer that's showing, like, the Phase plane. One. Yeah, yeah, and, like, the plane is updating in real time. Very like Riley Pool. Yeah, yeah, or Mission Impossible. It's very, like, um, action scene. Impossible. Yes. <laughs> it's giving off all of those vibes. Yeah, Spy Kids. It yeah. was a big, like, spy era. I think that was yeah. a big thing With for that, that kind of branded, like, spy gear, too. Like, I just think of how it looks on a screen. It looks like gears and, like, a lot of neon, you know, looking oh, yeah. numbers and stuff. Um, I also liked how um, there are a couple like full circle moments like the helicopter guy said something like father time has picked up you know the wolf and yeah. that was a callback to Marty Wolf calling him father time and calling him super old in like their kind of showdown and just really just a really great script <laughs> um, but back to that whole thing yeah with like the lot and stuff I have another note where it's like no matter where they went on the lot, there also were just like random extras hanging out as if, again, as if they were shooting a million movies at once. But mm -hmm. it's like, where are you supposed to be right now? Right, like, <laughs> at, like at the Wild West um, location, there were just like a couple cowboys like sitting on a bench. I'm like, <laughs> were you paid like a day rate? No, like where's sit? your holding? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> where's Crafty? Hang out there. Like, yeah, just, you don't just character. hang out on a hot set. Like, what? <laughs> I would you be get yelled at so fast. <laughs> super weird. Super weird. Um, talk about the, the scene, like, right before they, like, pour the blue stuff in the pool, the dye uh -huh. or whatever. And he comes out, and he has his headphones in, and he's, like, dancing. Another moment I just picture, like, complete silence, and he's dancing like this. Complete. And a crew of, like, you know, 20 to 50 people just watching him. And he's, like, <laughs> like to no music. <laughs> Which makes it so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also he's like doing the <laughs> the run up the stairs where you also use your hands, which was wonderful. Like, like a wolf. <gasps> oh, I just put that you together. know what? I actually did have a note about that. How I was wondering how much like this is about to sound nerdy. How much like animal work he did though as an actor to prepare for this role? Because like even um when they zip 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 <laughs> red leather yellow. 
<laughs> no, but like even when they get to the the roof at the very ending scene, like the climax, mm-hmm. um, he jumps off the ledge into like Jason Shepard's face, and he's like, Rah! and I'm like, yeah. oh, oh yeah. that's very wolf like, you know. So I'm just, you know, there's some moments like that. So I just feel like he kind of pulled from that. But yeah. it was so Probably. endearing that he slept with his little monkey friend as someone. That was weird as and shit. And punched him in the face. Okay, guys. Endearing or weird as shit. He was, he was playing with his. That's you know what? I'm not so going to finish that sentence. He was beating. He was domestically beating his monkey. But so he loved it so much. It was like the only humanity he had left in yeah, him. Yeah, you got to give all characters that is empathy. serial killer vibes. That he sleeps with a stuffed animal? They had to have a weakness for him. I think we're starting to figure out who here has a stuffed animal. I do. I sleep with a pink <laughs> stuffed animal. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> Between the three of us. <laughs> well. Maybe that's the point of the movie. <laughs> I'm just saying, I really related to him there. So maybe that does say more about me. Um, well, what I was going to say about him, like, walking up this or running up the stairs like that is, like, you wouldn't look at your arms and notice that they are blue. You know? Right. Like, was he blind for that whole thing? Like, you're not looking at any part of your body swinging around through all that dancing. You don't no. see something blue out of the corner Even of your in eye. the shower, you know, like, he's, like, pull, putting out the shampoo or whatever. Yeah. And then he doesn't notice until the hands come back yeah. orange. I'm like, it was orange when you put them in your hands. Right. Super weird. Yes, James. Question. I didn't, uh, I haven't seen that part of the movie for a decade or more. Okay. So is the idea he jumped into the pool and then came out blue? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Someone spent hours painting his ass. Yes, in <laughs> fact, they had to use um, tattoo paint via spray and applied it over and over and over throughout all of those blue scenes. You can tell there are a couple scenes that he, they were a little bit like yeah. more faded. Um, and there was a like fact where apparently his feet stayed blue for like weeks oh after filming. For whatever reason, they like soaked up more of the blue I did a dye. play once where we had to be all fully, um, what's the word, airbrushed to make it black and white. Oh, I remember you saying that. And we did that every single show and oh. it was a nightmare. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> we also have another um, pre-SNL, or I don't know my current, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with pre at this time because he didn't even have a line. Keenan Thompson was at the Hollywood party. Yes, oh my God, you're right. There was yeah. a lot of Well, people. he was on um, Keenan and Kel. Yes. All that. All that. Yeah. So right. he was still in oh, that yeah. like world. He was Amanda's friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That guy has not changed. No. No. No, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old he is, but he has not changed at all. No. He looks great. Yeah. I also noticed um, during this party scene, Marty Wolf, this actor, ha- okay, stick with me here, guys. He has a very similar comedic timing and precision as Jason Alexander. You guys watch Seinfeld at all? Yeah. James, <laughs> I, pay, I I was watching him do all these, and he, it's like all these really specific and like quick little like and like little expressions, and I'm like, oh my god, he's like very similar. Now he's like a goofier, yeah. more kid version of him, but I was like, I, I was seeing a lot of parallels. I thought it was funny. Huh? I, I don't. George, know George and Seinfeld for the civilians. I can but see it. I think that shows how good of an actor he actually is because it's the small things that make him the quirkiest and it's not him going over I mean some of it's over the top like his tiger hands or whatever but like a lot of what his acting was during this movie was like little like it was nuanced yeah it was yeah 
Clip I will that. say. Big Fat Liar so nuanced. <laughs> Oscar worthy. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite moments of him is when um, his car is like going to shit because they, you know, rewired it mm-hmm. and then the blue song is playing, iconic. And um, mm-hmm. he rear ends the monster truck guy and he's like, oh my God. And then he comes around, he's about to like ram his car and he's like, sta- he's like in front of his car and his leg is doing this like. <laughs> Funny fucking thing, like no, no. Oh. <laughs> He's trying to stop the monster yeah, with yeah. his, leg, his leg that's just flailing around. Oh so, man! My favorite line of his was when the the old woman comes up behind him and she's like uh, yelling at him, whatever. He goes, "Oh, that's real nice for a woman of your advanced age." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paul Giamatti's always been like a gesture-rich actor. I feel like, right? Like. Yeah, he's very. Oh, and with his face, gesture. Yeah, and with his face, gesture. With his face, though, too, yeah. his expressions, like in yeah. the limo, where he's like, "Oh boy, let me tell you, tell me about more." <laughs> yeah. and he does he the does eyebrow that. thing. Yeah, really well. but I love that this movie really goes to show and proves the theory that nothing brings people closer together than the hatred for one singular person. It just brought basically a whole community together of people at the end to pull this like big prank on this guy essentially um and it was just all fueled by hate yeah yeah it's true hating the same person yeah bonds people for life it really does another fashion thing that uh, again is now big again is the red sunglasses that Mm. i noticed yeah all the different and i was like "Mm, i want some of those Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of the things honestly in that movie yeah um yeah like a lot of amanda bynes wardrobe i was like cool oh yeah hot pink cardigan floor length with fuzzy sleeves yeah like, i was like want i want that so bad Woodwear. we haven't really talked about her yet on right. this episode but she is so great in this movie oh she my really gosh. very comedic yeah and even her like monologue at the end it's not a monologue but like i want you to like ruin him and she just goes into this like really intense performance turn him into mincemeat i don't even know what mincemeat is I want him to scream, mommy, mommy, mom, mom. <laughs> Do you read me, people? Because I don't think you read me. For, I don't know how old she was, but she was so sharp with her comedic she timing. she was 14. Yeah. That she is was, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. she had the Rachel cut. Did you guys notice? Yeah. Oh, I was like. Oh, sorry. Not you. <laughs> not you. The other Rachel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't really love it on her, to be honest. But, you know, it's because she was 14. No one looks has any good hair at 14. That's true. But I just, she looks so good in What a Girl Wants. I was like, "Ah." Well, but she was like, what, a teenager then? Or like older? I think she was only like two years older. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. She's always been great. That was right. That was very soon after. I think that was the next thing that she did. I think it was. I think that was 2003. To be fair, she was a child actor, but I think of my acting skills at 16 or 14, I was like, (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this this was her first film after like, you know, doing the Amanda show and stuff, which was all like sketch and right. silly. So it's like, this was the first time that she could commit to like. That's still leading her own show though. That's a lot of. Yeah. For sure, for she sure. She was 17. 17 when? What a girl wants. Yeah, okay. Okay. So three years later, ish. Mm. Thanks, Jamie. Oh, sorry, I thought you said she's the man. That's what I heard. No. Was that one after? <laughs> what? Was that one after? What she's the man wants? was way late. Cause then what a girl wants. She was 20 and she definitely looks younger and want to go on. She was 20 and can cut all um, this. she's a man. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, do we have any like fun facts? Cause I do. <laughs> um, I have two less things on the actual. So the last thing that I guess that I'm going to say about the actual movie is, um, at the very end. So when he is kind of getting, Monty is kind of getting disgraced, um, and he's 
confessing that he actually did steal this paper and all the everyone overhears it. Um, but before, right before that, the head of the studio was like, if he's not here in 60 seconds, I'm pulling the plug on this mil- multi-million dollar movie. The hell you are. Like, he, they, he's already invested so much money. He has all those actors and crew paid for. They're on the set. There was absolutely no threat that that movie was going anywhere because that producer was an hour late to set. And I was just like, so unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A quick moment, too. Um, when he has that uh, little scene with Jaleel White mm-hmm. in The Chicken... It was just a funny scene to me when he's like, I don't know what my motivation is. <laughs> he was like, here's your motivation. You're a new cop. And then he goes on about the chicken. <laughs> it's like, And that's what actors go through, just trying to justify like why they're supposed to feel the way they are supposed to feel in the scene. Oh, man. Is that yeah. when he said, I'm not getting anything from the chicken? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not giving me anything. Yeah. I was curious what the budget was for this and how it did at the box office. I didn't look it up, but I figured one of you guys did. Oh, I didn't, actually. Oh, that's okay. Also, the while you guys looking that up, the house, the grandma's house in the beginning looked stunningly similar to the Gilmore Girls, Lorelai, and Rory's house. So oh. I looked up to see if it was the same. It was not, alas. It wasn't on the Warner Brothers lot. Mm. But it looked so similar, and I was really excited for a second big fat liar 15 million it that was the budget okay i wonder how much it grossed um it's actually pretty cheap i feel like yeah yeah domestically it grossed 48 uh not very good internationally worldwide it grossed 52 million 53 almost all right profitable and this was when frankie muniz was like probably huge because malcolm in the middle right yeah but it also debuted during the salt lake olympics so not great timing why would they do that i don't know personally if if it was me i wouldn't have done that (laughs) no no oh my my last note is um the actor who plays mr o'connell in princess diaries Mm. is in this movie throughout the whole thing doesn't have one line so Lots you know, to remember yeah. there. Yeah. I do have kind of a, a bomb to drop, though. Do you remember? You both watch VeggieTales, right? Yeah. Do you? Okay. Do you remember uh, the VeggieTales episode with the big fib where he keeps lying and that pea or whatever keeps growing larger and larger? Yeah. That was 97. That's the premise of the movie that uh, Frankie Muniz comes up with. Because he tells a lie and he gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I feel like Frankie Muniz stole... <laughs> oh man, Trina, you're no Tales as his play or movie. So this wasn't even his movie. No, he stole it from Veggie Tales. Wow, what a little liar! Yeah, damn. Heard it here first. What might say a big fat liar? Yeah, it was uh, Veggie Tales. A little tiny dweeby liar. <laughs> and the fib from outer space, I believe, was the title of that one. Huh. Uh, 1997. Yes, I remember. Wow, mm-hmm. I remember the rumor weed. Yes, very specifically. Five years also, before this movie came out. I. I don't know why, but I barely remember this movie at all, and I know I loved it as a child. The only thing I remember was the blue dye pool scene and mm. like the orange hair. Oh, That's a little. All I remember. Speaking of that, a little weird thing is, um, why didn't it dye his bathing suit blue? Oh, it only goes for skin, apparently. Oh, continuity police! <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. Molly's like, mm. let me out him. I didn't even catch well, that. Well, I have some continuity things for you. Perfect. So another little um, mistake. So when Marty is upset that his car has been sabotaged and it says he's banging away at the instruments. Oh, I guess on like the car, like all the buttons and stuff. Mm-hmm. In the close-up of his hands, you can see he's wearing blue mechanical rubber gloves instead of his blue dyed skin. Ooh. I didn't notice that. Creepy, but though. Now I want to go back and watch it. 
third time this week. Yeah, that would be hard to be driving a car and get paint on everything. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And it was like a nice car. Yeah. That'd be hard. Um, also, <laughs> during the closing scene where you see Marty Wolf, he's back on his clown gig, um, and he realizes that the party that it's for is that um, monster truck guy. You can see his mouth. <laughs> It says, oh, no, but that was 80 yard. You can see his mouth says, fuck me. <laughs> so I'm surprised I love that. he even did that on set. But I know. That's I'm sure it was like improv yeah. and they just liked it. Um, a couple like crew equipment things. Um, crew members and lights are reflected in the blue dye bottle as Jason is pouring it into the pool. Oh, yep. Love that. Um, and then also when they're in the wardrobe warehouse um, during that whole like wardrobe scene, there is a telephone booth in the background and reflected in it is a crew member in a white t-shirt reading some sort of newspaper and may or maybe the script of the movie. <laughs> Is what it says. Amazing. And then it says, maybe he's the script supervisor or something. Uh, well, maybe. he missed a few things. Or he's <laughs> Or he's just like bored. He's bored. Also, um, in the classroom at the beginning, the boom mic is clearly visible for a significant amount of time. That I would have noticed. We must have had the widescreen because I always notice a boom. Mm, okay. Because mm, it bothers me. Yeah, it bothers me as well, obviously. But like... Yeah, because I didn't notice it either. Yeah. I didn't notice any of these things. We watch most things in widescreen now just because... Yeah how our tv is yeah that's true so john cho he is he's been in a million things he's that the director the director Mm -hmm. that you know says 12 different camera angles with birds flying around um he was asked to do his role with an accent and he turned down the part saying he didn't want people to think it was okay to laugh at someone's accent so um but then they ended up hiring him Anyway, oh, so I, I love that. that. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he's he, and so that's um, been a thing throughout his entire career. He's not once played into that sort of um, good for him caricature of Asian culture. Um, this was also directed by Sean Levy, who mm-hmm. is super big now, working with Ryan Reynolds a lot. Fall guy. He did a lot of the Stranger Things episodes. Basically, to quote Zoolander, he's so hot right now. Like, he's the it thing. So it's just always fun to see, like, where they got their start and mm-hmm. to do, like, fun comedies like this. And now they're making millions and millions of dollars um, with, like, global hits. But I'd love to just throw that info out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And then for uh, some 2002 showing the culture at that time, some of the top songs were Hot in Here by Nelly. Banger. Speaking of it, it is really hot in here right now. That's why I'm like <laughs> delirious. I'm like, uh-huh. Eminem Without Me. And oh, today. oh, Lose Yourself as well. And Ooh. then also Complicated by mm. our girl Avril Lavigne. Banger. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I forgot good. about the 2002 trivia stuff to look up. Well, we just sprinkled some in there. What's written on your hand? Uh, these are notes for me to do work on Sunday. Okay. Like a true millennial. Mm. <laughs> There's no notes app. <laughs> you have to put it on your hand. I need it in front of my face. That's so real. Um, <laughs> I just looked up 2002 uh, pop culture trivia, and the habit that was grossing the world at the time was watching American Idol. <laughs> That's oh. what it says. Yeah. I watched a whole lot of American Idol. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. all. Do we have any final thoughts about Big Fat Liar? Biffle's great. We love Biffle. We're we're pro Biffle. I think our whole pod is pretty pro Biffle. We're Bifflers here. Universal is forever grateful we're dunder for biffler's that movie because it will be a huge part of their tram ride for yes. the foreseeable future for sure also the amount what was the original movie for the river flood who fucking knows no one no knows one it's knows. always about 
that scene. And then they yeah. show that scene. Yeah. 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 Ladies and gentlemen. Get down. Say it. Uh, I have one, so I'll go first. I've been listening to a lot of the Smart List podcast, so I don't know if that's wrong to promote another podcast during your own podcast. No, but I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had only listened to like half an episode before I watched their documentary. Their five-part documentary that I just went into blind, and I was just like, okay, I need something on. I am now in love with Jason Bateman. And uh, oh. so that is... Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's so sarcastic and, well, I... <laughs> Perfect age range for you. <laughs> so I've just been listening to them constantly now. And they have such great they're guests. So good. And they have such great banter. And they're all so dry and sarcastic. That You're talking about us, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's Smartless, if they try hard enough, they can get as good as right. us one day. Right. Yeah. One day. Yeah. They can keep dreaming, though. <laughs> so Jason Bateman has a podcast? Yeah. Well, he's one of three. It's like one of the top podcasts in the country right now. I don't have a TV. Well, that's a TV. You. Anyways, I love Jason Bateman. I've always thought he was funny, even though he plays one person. He does, but I love that one person. And yeah. people who have, like, Ryan Reynolds plays one person, but he <laughs> A lot of people it. do. Yeah. But Jason Bateman in that podcast, they're all great. Um, but, like, that, it's a really great mm-hmm. podcast. And they have really wonderful guests. Like, I just listened to Steven Spielberg's episode the other day. Cool. Like, yeah, it's awesome. And it's all about pretty much the industry. Some of it's not. Sometimes they have other people who aren't in the entertainment world but a lot of it is entertainment and it's just super interesting if you're into that kind of stuff it's super good i love how they make every guest a surprise for the other two yeah. based on whoever brings them and they're trying Ooh. to guess based on their credits or their description it's really you have to listen to it you yeah, love it it's wow yeah i'll have to check it out mm-hmm. um do you have any confessions or obsessions um well ever since we went to that matchbox 20 concert what a month ago mm-hmm. obsessed with matchbox 20 like every day listening mm-hmm. i can't get enough like don't get me wrong i can't get enough and uh, i've like it's evolved to the point of like i have to learn every song on guitar i have to make up a mashup on the guitar and i have to sing it and it's just that one that you posted much. was wonderful yeah, it was. oh thank you yeah and was that concert only a month ago because it feels like a year ago <laughs> i forgot we even went to that yes. yeah it's like so we were long. on a Matchbox 20 kick for a really long time there, well, too. I love they're so oh, I'm always on them. Good. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. awesome. So There's good. something they're that it hits you at a particular place in your heart. Yeah. It, yeah, his it voice especially. It's yeah. just Rob Thomas. Great voice. Yeah. 100%. But their show, odd odd set list. Odd set list, but their bangers did, did mm-hmm. deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. have some good new ones, too. So, yes. Yes. Well, that's controversial. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, James, pipe down with the controversy. <laughs> How about you, Rach? I don't... Okay, yeah. Okay, so my obsession lately has just been Whole Foods soups. So many different kinds. Tortellini soup, great. Lemon chicken artichoke, great. Um, Nana's chicken noodle soup, great. Um, I could go on and on, but um, that paired with some French bread. I would like to say that when I met you, you reignited my love for soup. You were like the chef boyardee of soup spokesman. And um, I just I have new appreciation for it. And I, I got to thank you for that. I think James is too. I think I tend to bring that out in people. The soup love. Yeah. 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 I was unaware of like the level of comfort food that it really is. It but is. It's, it's yeah. healthy comfort food. Well, well, soup love was the original name for group love. That was their working <laughs> title. Soup love. I wonder if we could have bowling for soup on here. Oh, mm. can we please get them? With soup. Thanks guys so much for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Millennial Drama Queen Pod and please rate and subscribe wherever you're listening. This podcast is brought to you by Mastermind Media.